Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. They're the pioneer of the blue gene, and today they're talking with me about how they remain at the center of our culture every day. I'm pleased to share a conversation with Levi's Chief Marketing Officer, Jen Say. I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation today. Jen has been with Levi's for a number of years and has focused specifically and recently on enabling authentic self-expression for everyone, everywhere. And we go into the various ways that happens through product customization and different events and corporate social responsibility initiatives throughout the episode. But I think you're really going to like her perspective at how an industry mainstay can continue to be innovative, fresh, and new. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. This is my conversation with Chief Marketing Officer of Levi Strauss, Jen Say. Okay, everyone, I'm very excited today to have Jen Say on the show from Levi's. Jen, how are you doing? Thanks so much for joining us. I'm great. Thanks for having me. There are so many uh, really interesting things happening with Levi's so far this year and more broadly, how Levi's has expanded over the last couple of years to include much more than the traditional men's pair of jeans. And we're going to dive into all of that through the course of this conversation. But I know that you've been with Levi's for 20 years. So let's level set, at least to start here, and talk briefly about your journey to get to this point at Levi's. Sure. Um, Well, believe it or not, I didn't actually start my career at Levi's. I had a few jobs before that, but I have been here 20 years. So I came in 1999. Um, Before that, um, earlier in the the 90s, I had worked, uh, my first job was at an advertising agency uh, for Conan Belding, which actually is one of our agency partners now. Um, And then I went on to work at The Gap um, at Banana Republic, actually, um, in the early days when it was sort of transitioning from safari to more of a a sportswear and lifestyle brand. I then um, moved over to Levi's in 1999, I worked on a now defunct sub-brand that was sort of like a value fashion offer um, called L2, which does not exist anymore. But I've had a different job at Levi's every couple of years, every probably two to three years up until now. I've been in the CMO role since uh, the fall of 2013. Um, Most of the positions I've held at Levi's have been in marketing, um, was the U.S. marketing director for quite a few years. But I have stepped outside of marketing as well, which I think has really rounded out my perspective and has made me a stronger leader. I um, worked in strategy um, for a couple of years as the key advisor to the Levi's brand president. Um, And as the the strategy lead, I was responsible for things like writing the annual financial plan along with my finance partners, as well as the strategic business plan, assessing new opportunities, sizing those opportunities. Um, So that was a really business-driven role and I think gave me a ton of insight into the key levers that that drive the business. And ultimately, when I stepped back into a marketing role, I think had a much more um, (laughs) business-minded, business-driving approach to to marketing and the programs that, that I was developing and putting into the market. Um, I also led our e-commerce business for two and a half, three years. Um, in leading that business, I actually um, set up uh, the organization. We did not have a global e-commerce business unit at the time. Um, the e-commerce uh, folks that that worked on e-com were spread across the functions. So you had an e-com marketer in marketing and you had an e-com merchant in merchandising, but there wasn't this cohesive team with a common vision around what e-commerce could mean for our business and our brands. And I had recommended sometime around 
2011 um, that we needed that in order to really get after this opportunity and was given the opportunity to set that up. And, and uh, during that time, we drove really um, considerable growth in the 50% range per year. Um, we also transitioned from a third-party hosted business to running that business, owning and operating it ourselves. Um, so lots of um, of opportunity that we got after during that time period. But ultimately, our CEO asked me to step into the CMO role. And at the time, that was 2013. That was just for Levi's. But I've expanded over the course of the last six years. Um, and now I'm the CMO for all the brands and report directly into the CEO. So your purview is is wide and only broadening. And that, that's, that's excellent foundation for this, by the way, because I know that uh, some of the things you just said are, are very important. But I also know that in recent years, it has been a mission of Levi's to, as I hinted at the top of this, move beyond men's jeans and, and expand into much, much more in terms of categories. And I would imagine as your purview expanded on the business side into we need to get into e-commerce, we need to become a true omni-channel retailer, that that too became uh, very, very important. Yeah. I mean, we say that our sort of three key strategies are um, grow the core, which for us traditionally has been, you know, men's bottoms, men's jeans, men's khakis. That's been the core of our business for you know, many, many years, um, expand for more, which includes everything from growing our women's business to our tops and accessories business, you know, everything beyond that core of men's jeans. Um, and then thirdly, become a leading omni-channel retailer. So, you know, sell and connect with the consumer in the way that they want to shop. We've traditionally been a wholesale driven, uh, manufacturer, um, but times change and the way, uh, that, the ways that consumers want to buy your brand and connect with your brand um, and your product, that has changed as well. And so um, we set that goal out for ourselves to become a leading omni-channel retailer. And I would say we're not there yet, but we are making dramatic improvements every year um, and certainly um, have the growth to show for it. That concept of uh, broadening and, and changing ways in which consumers want to be interacting with brand and product is certainly of high importance as well. And I'll ask a few questions about that uh, as we move through our conversation. But I wanted to touch on another point that I know is central to the brand and keeping Levi's at the center of our culture. Now, I know that all of these different uh, principles of how to grow the business, to stay true to the core, but to expand elsewhere. Um, I am curious how you continue to put consumers and product at the center of culture. And I'm wondering specifically if there are perhaps some, some guiding principles that you use every day to make sure that the organization stays centralized on that point specifically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the same way we talk about those three goals for our business, those three sort of guiding principles, um, we also have guiding principles in terms of how we market to the consumer. And there are three core principles. One is that we will always assert denim leadership. Um, we invented the blue jean. We are best at jeans. If we don't do that, we fail to be who we are. Um, the second is that we inspire authentic self-expression. This is sort of that higher purpose um, that the brand represents to the consumer, not because we say so, but because the consumer tells us so. We've never dictated how you wear your Levi's. We want you to be you. Um, and we design the entire line around that concept. Um, and we provide services like customization that help enable authentic self-expression. But that's that thing that you stand for that's more than what you make, which is what the very best brands in the world do. So denim leadership, authentic self-expression, and then center of culture is the third core marketing principle. Um, and we landed this um, 
in about 2013 when I had stepped into the role. And, you know, if I'm really honest with where it came from, I think that as a brand that has been around for a very long time, over, you know, nearly 150 years the brand has been around, we can get very afraid within the apparel industry, the fashion category, that we seem old and dusty. And so I think as a response to that kind of concern or fearfulness, there have been times in our history where we've sort of chased the edge of cool um, in a kind of inauthentic way. And that hasn't rung true for the consumer and hasn't worked really to build our brand or our business. And so one of the things we all held hands around and agreed upon is that we need to be at the center of culture, at the center of story, not the edge. Um, We can exist at the edge as well, and we need to be trying new things and be first to try new things, but we also need to be at the center because we are a big, broad-reach brand. We're a democratic brand that is really welcoming to everyone. And so if you're only sort of living at the edge, um, you're not really going to be that democratic and embracing of everyone. So that's kind of where that came from. What does it mean to be at the center of culture? Well, it means we need to be authentic and true to who we are. Um, There is an art and science to that. There's a kind of I know it when I see it. That feels right for Levi's. Um, But it's a hard one because everybody has a different experience with Levi's that they bring to that notion of what authentic is. So we also have to validate that. And we do that with research and consumer testing and copy testing and all kinds of things, both quantitative and qual. Um, The other thing that puts us at the, the center is always leading these things all sort of intersect, right? So um, leading with product, um, giving people product that they want to wear and create new stories in. Our campaign is live in Levi's. It's a really simple idea that people uh, wear other things, but they live their life in Levi's. And we heard this consistently in countries all around the world, um, from Shanghai to Chicago, that people wear other stuff, but they live their lives in Levi's and they have these great stories that they they tell us. Um, but to meet the needs of ever-changing consumers, we always need to lead and give them the newest, latest things, as well as those classic styles. Um, So that is all about denim leadership and getting product in the hands of the consumer that will be their next favorite item of clothing that they can live their life in. And then, of course, this notion of inspiring authentic self-expression, that's true to us. It's authentic to who we are. Um, And so if we're not doing that, if we're dictating how to wear it, where to wear it, why to wear it, um, that isn't really really true to Levi's. So these things may all sound sort of squishy, but as you come to know and love the brand, you come to understand what is authentic and how we communicate. Um, you know, I also think there's a, there's a, we've made a choice around self-expression and center of culture, which is a tie to music. You know, we say, that we didn't choose music, music chose us. Um, Music is the ultimate in authentic self-expression. And when we partner with artists um, who have original and authentic voices, that is also um, a way to put our brand at the center of culture. And in the past, we'd not necessarily chosen a single route. We, um, you know, you want to be where the people are and where the eyeballs are, but if you're not focused about that, it can feel like you're kind of chasing something that's inauthentic to the brand. And so choosing music for us, I think, has solidified an authentic way to speak to our friends our fans. Choosing music means having strong presence at festivals. It means working with artists on collaborations, but also content. Um, And it means a values-driven program like the Levi's Music Project, which aims uh, to put music education back into schools and community centers. Those are just a few examples of how we put music at the center of our activities. There's many more, um, but we've made that choice to focus. And that's eliminated other activities, but I think ultimately feels more authentic to us. That notion of inspiring that 
authentic self-expression is is highly important. I've heard that so much, even since beginning this podcast, listeners will know since last November, that that's been important. And it's great to hear all the things that are being done in the community, community efforts, partnerships within music uh, to be advocates for Levi's. In terms of the way, because I'm curious, when you get to the most grassroots, and that is the individual experience that a consumer has with Levi's, with the brand, with their newest pair of jeans, customized or not, what are some of the ways in which you and the team encourage those individuals to be sharing their experiences? You mentioned live in Levi's. I think that's a good example, but I'm curious as to what the holistic approach to that is. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, simply, we people have been sharing their stories about Levi's since they've been wearing Levi's. But the methods that we share those stories now has changed. But the idea of storytelling and creating products that people want to live in and tell stories about what they did in, that's not new. People have been doing that since 1873 when we made the first pair of jeans. Um, so the question is, how do you create the conditions for people to tell those stories today? So there are very simple tactical things like leveraging our campaign tagline, Live in Levi's, as a hashtag and making sure people know about that. In the year that we launched the campaign, um, we we told Live in Levi's stories in an effort to encourage and inspire other people to tell their stories. And we continue to do that. Um, we called it the Live in Levi's Project back in 2014. We don't call it that anymore. But a lot of what we do um, is built around that idea of telling other, telling people's Le- Live in Levi's stories and then inspiring consumers to do the same. Do they have to do it in social media? No, they can do it at home. They can do it with their friends. We might not know about those, but that's really, don't lose sight of that. What you want to do is create experiences, create products that they love and experiences um, that they remember that are tied to Levi's. So, you know, how do we create the conditions where consumers um, have live in Levi's stories to tell? That's where things like the Levi's Music Project come into play. That's where things like activation at festivals comes into play um, or even hosting Super Bowl 50 at Levi's Stadium or just having Levi's Stadium. That is really about creating experiences that people people have in their Levi's and tell stories about in the world. Um, So I I don't know if that specifically answers your question, but really what we're trying to do is create the conditions, um, both through great product, but also also through experiences where people have stories to tell about what they did in their Levi's. No, that does answer my question quite well. And those experiences, whether they are shown on social media, whether they are sort of in more uh, uh, private or small or individual settings, each story is highly important. And it is great that you set up those, that those dimensions and those conditions in which those stories can be created and thus can be told. I'm curious. Oh, I I was going to say, I'll give you a couple examples. Some things we do are really built around those broad reach efforts and getting people to sort of, you know, hashtag live in Levi's on their Instagram account. You know, when we show up at Coachella, that is, um, we customize product and we do sort of, um, DJ sets off site and want people to have a great time. And, you know, and certainly, um, you know, we drive press off of it and we drive social media impressions off of it. That is meant to be broad reach, but we do programs that are 
are are crafted in a much different way um, that are really about the depth of connection and not the breadth. And those stories, in some ways, are more meaningful. So, for instance, every March, um, we do a program called I Shape My World, which celebrates women who are impacting the world in big and small ways. We've been doing it for about four years now. It started in India, and it's sort of traveled around the world, and now it's really a global program. And we do a series of short films, three or four minutes, um, which celebrate like I said, women who are impacting the world in big and small ways. We've got body positive, uh, body positivity activists from India. And last year we featured Tarana Burke, who founded the Me Too movement. We featured a young girl who started a tackle football league in her hometown. She's only 12 years old. So you see it's wide ranging stories, just encouraging women and inspiring women to use their voice. When we launch these films, we do a series of panel discussions um, in the U.S., but more broadly, we host them around the world. These are not, you know, tens of thousands of people that come and attend. You know, we're talking hundreds of people. They're meant to be intimate experiences. It's women talking to each other. It's talking about the challenges they face and finding their voice and using their voice. And it's incredibly moving. And I was fortunate enough um, to attend a few last year and, and host some of the panels. And women are incredibly moved um, and inspired by this. And, you know, this is not about a hashtag and posting on Instagram. This is about actually impacting somebody's life and inspiring them to maybe go into the world with a little more confidence um, and use their voice in those moments that matter. So we see that as just as important and, and possibly more so you're developing real sort of long-term loyalty and love for the brand when you provide that sort of inspiration um, to young women. So we do that every March um, in celebration of International Women's Day and Women's History Month, um, and we'll continue that program going forward. But that's an example of, you know, depth of connection, not breadth necessarily. Understood. And that's a great build. Thank you. Um, those sorts of uh, programs, intimate, meaningful, purpose-driven, which I do want to ask a little bit about, but I think you actually kind of answered. I'm curious in to know from you, what are some of the ways in which uh, Levi's chooses to, to leverage some of these stories and, and amplify them, whether that be in terms of here's what we are doing in CSR or here is a true consumer story about how they love our product. What are some of the ways in which you are able to take advantage of these great stories that you set up the conditions for? Well, I think you know, like I said, we, we are trying to create the conditions where people want to tell stories about, about your brand. We give them the opportunity to do that at our events. We give them the hashtags to do that. We tell stories that are in turn inspiring them. If you're if your question specifically is about values and being purpose-driven, which is sort of the buzzworthy thing to talk about right now, um, you know, everybody wants to know how do we become a values-driven or purpose-driven um, brand. I tell them you can't just, you know, you can't make it up. You have to walk the walk. You have to live it. And then you can become it over time. And I think one of the things I always remind people of or explain to them in case they don't know is Levi's has really done this um, since day one. Um, since the day Levi Strauss himself landed on the shores of California and donated money to an orphanage when he started his business, we've been all about profits through principles. That was the way, that is the way it's been articulated. Um, 
for decades. It's about sometimes choosing the harder right over the easier wrong, as our CEO likes to say. And, and we've done this, but not necessarily talked about it for many, many years. So I'll give you a couple examples of that. Um, we integrated factories in the South, for instance, long before being legally required to do so. That was in the 1950s. Um, in 1992, we offered same-sex partner benefits before marriage equality was a thing that anybody even talked about or thought was a possibility. But we did it because it impacted our employees um, and and the fans of our brand. And so um, we did it because it was the right thing. We also withdrew funding from the Boy Scouts in the 90s when they um, – you know, made the announcement that you could not be gay and be a scout leader. That's since changed, but that affected our business. So again, when I say choose the harder right over the easier wrong, sometimes there are business implications. There are real business implications. So these were decisions we made about how we operate our business, but we didn't really talk about them. We just sort of quietly tried to do the right thing, what we felt was the right thing in terms of how we run our business. Over the last few years, we've begun to talk about these things a lot more, both um, in terms of how we run our business, but then also in terms of the messages that we put into the market through traditional advertising. So, for example, last year for the midterms, we ran a campaign in the U.S. around voting. It was nonpartisan. It was about participation. Um, it wasn't about, you know, Republican or Democrat. It was really just about inspiring people, young people in particular, to get out and vote because democracy does not work if you don't vote. Um, that was our ad campaign for the entirety of the second half last year. So, again, that's a sort of using a traditional medium advertising um, to lead with our values. There's nothing, you know, we say we're about authentic self-expression. Um, nothing symbolizes self-expression more than the vote, and we want people to get out and use it. Um, the I Shape My World program I just talked about, that's our main message during the month of uh, March. Um, and yet, at the end, and at the corporate level, we continue to lead with our values as well, um, whether it's um, speaking out around gun safety and making donations uh, to every town. Those aren't advertising messages, but those are, that's, that's an example of um, what we believe um, doing the right thing is to, to advocate for safer gun laws. Um, and the reason we waded into that difficult, difficult conversation is because accidentally about two years ago, a consumer brought a gun into one of our stores and it went off accidentally. No one was hurt, thankfully. But again, to keep our employees safe, um, we asked that consumers not bring guns into our stores. So that even in states where, you know, that that is allowed just uh, for the safety of our employees. So, you know, we we put our employees first, we put our fans first, um, and we try to be on um, the right side of history in these things. Well, of course, and these are some incredibly hot button issues, let's say, over the last 12 months, um, you know, probably most of all. But yes, certainly experiences like that. And uh, the fact that, you know, that is true to you from the very beginning is highly important when then taking a stance on those things. And um, I'm sure everybody has an opinion on these things. And it, it is really important when, when brands come out as well and stand and be counted. Yes. And I, I mean, I think it has to be authentic. We've seen backlash when brands have done it in an inauthentic way. I think because, as I've indicated, historically, we have run our business from a place of leading with our values. Um, there's been a ton of receptivity to these 
this type of messaging from us. We haven't really um, faced a ton of backlash. There's some people that disagree, and um, and that is okay. But our business um, and our brand has our brand, our primary brand, Levi's, has continued to thrive amidst more values-led messaging. So um, I think younger consumers, millennials, and Gen Zs, they want to know what you stand for. Um, they sort of demand it. Um, and so I don't think it's going to be a choice necessarily in the future to kind of stay in the middle and not really say anything. Um, or you could, but you might not have a really sort of lasting and loyal relationship with your consumers. Um, and I think being willing to take a stand and being a willing, being willing to say what we believe in, um, it solidifies and cements the loyalty from our consumers. I definitely agree. And it, uh, makes me wonder with all of these important positions that you've taken and perhaps without having a crystal ball and knowing what other issues may arise between now and the end of 2019, it does lead me to wonder what is next in terms of, you know, where the brand is going, uh, what the uh, what the messaging uh, it will be through, through the remainder of the year, perhaps for the next year. I'm, I'm curious and I know there's been a particularly important chapter taken in Levi's history recently, so I want to uh, be sure to make sure you have a platform to talk a little bit about that. But I'm curious how the overall direction of the brand is looking over the next, say, 6 to 12 months. Yeah, I mean, you're alluding to the fact that a few weeks ago we did um, have an IPO, which is an exciting moment in the company's history. I think, as our CEO says, this is not the finish line, it's a new start line. Um, and, you know, the way that we have led and shown up in the last five years, I would say we will continue to do that. We're going to stay focused on those key strategies, um, grow the core, expand for more, and become an omni-channel retailer. From a marketing perspective, we're going to stay focused on the three principles, um, denim leadership, authentic self-expression, and center of culture. Now, the key is figuring out where the culture is going. Um, being at the center of culture does not mean just cutting and pasting what you did last year. In fact, that's a surefire way to not be at the center, but be lagging behind. And, you know, sadly, I think in the past when we have struggled, um, we have done that from time to time. You can't just, it's a constant, um, there's constant assessing um, and there's an artfulness to it to kind of figure out what's going to keep you sort of just ahead of things. So, you know, when you're planning the program, maybe it seems a little out there, but by the time that, you know, the thing comes, um, you are right there at the center of the story and the center of culture. So we'll continue to stay focused there, but what that looks like and how it manifests changes with time. We'll continue to lead um, with values. For us, the most important areas from a values perspective are sustainability, because that relates to how we make our product. Um, and then equality, which is something we have stood for for many, many years, whether it's LGBTQ equality or women's equality. Um, and so those are the areas from a values perspective that we um, continue to be focused on. Even the Levi's Music Project, which I which I mentioned earlier, which launched in 2015 um, with our partner Alicia Keys at a high school in Brooklyn called Edward R. Murrow High School. We sought to bring back music education to that um, underfunded high school. We made a three-year commitment. We just upped that for another year. That is, in a sense, about bringing, um, yes, music uh, education and self-expression to these kids, but a sense of equality that they have access to the same programs that, you know, other kids in other neighborhoods with more funding have. We want to bring that sense, um, you know, it started from a place of wanting to bring that. 
Um, and of course, tying it to music is so linked to our brand. Um, and, you know, just tying it to, to our values is so linked to the company. So, um, all of that is what you'll see. I think you're going to see a return to some really, um, strong product marketing. We can never lose sight of the product at the end of the day. That is our lifeblood. That is what we make. That is what we sell. That is what people love about us. Um, you know, they love their actual Levi's, not the idea of Levi's. And so you got to give them great product. And so I think um, in the coming year or two, you're going to see a heightened emphasis on, on product again. So we're super excited about that. It sounds very exciting. And I'm so glad that, uh, these values are uh, continuing to be emphasized and these excellent programs are being extended. That's very, very exciting news and, and glad that you're continuing to make that impact in the community. I just actually have the uh, one final question because we've talked about so much in this conversation so far. So many different programs, so many different ways that you are expanding your, as the title of the show goes, authentic influence, the way that you encourage people to express themselves and if they do that through the brand and the product, all the better. But I'm curious specifically because Levi's has an amazing portfolio of initiatives and data points to speak to their ability to do this. So with that in mind, I'm curious about perhaps some learnings or some tips that you could pass along to the budding marketer listening to this show on how to become more authentic in their own messaging. I know you have so much to talk about here not only based on the tenets of the organization, but also on your own personal learnings that you have imparted before. I remember reading recently a great article about bringing your whole self to work, to the mission as a whole. But I want to hear it straight from you. What are some tips that you may have for people to become more authentic in the way that they market and the way that they message? Well, I think what I would say to people, I mean, in marketing, out of marketing, anything you do, if you don't feel a real you know, and maybe perhaps this is a stretch for some people. And I certainly feel very lucky and it's a blessing to have the opportunity to do it. But I feel a re real sense of shared values with the company that I work for. Um, it's easy for me to stand behind what this company stands for. It's easy for me to want to wear it every single day. Um, it's easy for me to want to lead with this kind of values driven messaging. Um, and while it's not easy to always speak up, my voice is voices with differing um, viewpoints are welcome here in this company. And I've certainly become more and more outspoken about how much we should be leading with our values. Um, and that's provided great benefit ultimately to the company. But I think you have to ask yourself that. And I've worked in places where I did not feel that shared sense um, of values in the same way. And I think it's just hard to do great work when that's the case, any kind of work, not even just marketing. I just, it, for me, it's sort of seems like it would be really, really tough. And again, I realize this puts us in rarefied air to even be able to consider, um, those kinds of things in the jobs that we choose. And there, there are many, many people who don't, don't have that luxury, but I think, um, even if you're in a less than optimal situation, find the ways that you can add value that are unique to you. Um, find the ways um, that you can use your unique voice um, to bring value to the organization that you work within. I, I spent many years here not doing that in the way that I think that I could, and I don't think I did my best work. And I, I was afraid to, and I've talked about this a little bit, um, 
in some ways I was afraid to kind of bring my whole self to work. And I think women face this a lot, right? You don't want to talk about your kids. You don't want to seem like you've got these outside distractions because maybe they will think you're not serious about the work. But ultimately in 2008, and this was sort of a pivot point for me, I had a book that came out that had nothing to do with work. And so, and it was a memoir. And so everything I am and what I think about, you know, a lot of sort of dark stuff was in the book. And so suddenly I was in the situation where everybody knew kind of a lot about me. Um, and they knew that I had this aspiration to, to write, which I was afraid for people to know because I thought maybe they wouldn't think I was serious about the job. And it actually had the total opposite effect, which was sort of a greater respect for my creativity, for my voice. And so it kind of allowed me and gave me permission to bring more of myself to work. And I think I've gotten better one, I'm happier, so that's more that's important, right? Um, but I think as a leader, when you can be more authentic, um, you inspire greater loyalty in a sense, and people feel like they know you, and you you, you know more camaraderie is a better word for it. Um, just I think find a job and a brand and a company that you feel that you can be that, you know, or set it as a goal. Maybe you can't have it right now because of, you know, what you do and where you live and all those things. But I think it's a really worthy goal. And I think that you'll find that you do your best work that way. I also think um, knowing that, you know, you're a well-rounded person. You don't have to, you don't have to get everything that you need in life out of your job, but, you know, think about all the things that you do in the world and how you bring, um, that unique version of you into the world. So for me, the writing piece is really important and I do that outside of work. Um, and that makes me happier outside and ultimately inside as well. So, um, I guess all this is sort of like, you know, figure out who you are and then be that person in and outside of work and, and you're set, but that's much more difficult. It's easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think there's two dimensions to it. Of course, find who you are yourself and then just display that. But I think that there are two dimensions there. The first is, of course, see where you can add value, see where you can find additional value or do what you love to do. But then the other is very much what you alluded to in the beginning to quickly or as quickly as possible slough off any inhibitions, any hesitations that you may have about expressing that. And Levi's has, of course, done that over the years is to encourage that authentic self-expression. So it seems that, that you yourself are embodying those traits. And um, it's it comes through crystal clear that, you know, this is very much an inside out perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think so. And I think, but even the culture here has changed, you know, the world is changing. And so um, each of us in our own way has a tiny little impact on that. And um, if I sort of hold back and I'm not, you know, standing up and saying what I think and shaping this job in the way that I think it should be done, um, I can't really complain that I'm not being heard and, you know, that the expectation of a CMO is too small or any of that stuff, you know, you have to kind of be it and it can be scary and you have to kind of find the courage in yourself to, to do that. And I, you know, I will admit that not everyone um, works in a place where they'll have the same positive response that, 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 um, that I've had, but that isn't to suggest that it's always been, you know, 
what I still say is not always welcomed <laughs> with open arms. And so, um, but again, I think it's about kind of finding that sort of whole true self. And I, I made the decision however many years ago that if I couldn't do that here, then there was probably going to have to be a better alternative for me. And, and lo and behold, that, you know, the more kind of wholeness I brought to it, the better I got at the job and the more receptive the company became to it. So that was the lovely surprise. Yeah, I'm sure. It's always great to have an organization that has your back like that, that listens uh, and that you can be true to. Indeed. Jen, I can't thank you enough for, for all the incredible insight that you've uh, provided with us today. It's been great to hear about what Levi's has been up to, how you're interacting with your consumers and what is yet to come. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Jen Say for joining us on the show today. I loved your perspective on how bringing authentic self-expression should be top of mind for anybody and especially how it's top of mind for Levi's. You truly are staying at the center of our culture, and I can't wait to see what comes next. If you enjoyed today's episode, I encourage you to reach out, either by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen, or by connecting with us on LinkedIn, Adam Connor at LinkedIn or Vavoom at LinkedIn. We love to hear your feedback and are always eager to improve based on what you want to hear next. In the meantime, I'll keep the good conversations rolling. So as I say every time, in two weeks' time, you'll hear from me again with another fantastic interview about how another top marketer is leveraging authenticity in their strategy and storytelling today. Until then, and for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.